Welcome to Cross Communities Podcast. We're glad you're here to listen today. We would love to connect with you today for listening to our podcast. Please fill out a connect card on our website at c3naz.net. You can also support the ministries of Cross Community by giving online on our website. We hope that today's message will strengthen your faith and help you to love God and people more. Go ahead, however you get your Bibles, in book form or in app form, electronic form, go ahead and open it up to 1 John. We've been in 1 John, can you believe this? This is the 11th week in 1 John. What is it about John and me that keeps me in these long series? I don't know. Remember, the Gospel of John was like four years, broken up in in different times. This one won't be that long, but we're not going to finish today. We're going to wrap it up because we're heading into Lent. But we're only going to get to the end of chapter 4. We'll have to wait later for chapter 5 and following. But if you've been a part of this, it's been a great journey. I've learned a lot in studying this little little letter that John wrote to a church not unlike ours long, long ago about some struggles that they were going through and how they can move in and what God was calling them to be and do in their community. So however you get your Bibles, go ahead and open them up. To 1 John chapter 4, we're going to read verses 13 through 27. Hear the word of the Lord this morning. This is how we know that we live in Him and He in us. He has given us of His Spirit. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent His Son to be the Savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them. And they in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives, in, whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us. So that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. Because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because He first loved us. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or a sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. This is the word of God for the people of God, both here and online. And as always, we say, thanks be to God. Growing up, some of us have done a lot more of it than others. But it's always a part of our life, isn't it? This year... um, This past Friday was the 10th anniversary of my dad passing away. And that always brings up those memories of him, the good memories, the tough memories, where he showed his love through discipline or those kinds of things. And and you, you get those questions running and you remember when you were a teenager and you thought, am I growing up? When will I know that I'm adult? I 
got a car, but that didn't necessarily make me an adult. When I started paying for my own gas, maybe I felt a, a little more like an adult. Maybe, maybe when I took on some of those things. But there's always these questions of, what does it mean to grow up? And now that I have a teenager in my own home, we're asking some of those same questions. What does it mean to grow up? And I think John, in the midst of this little letter, throws some incredible ways for us to know, how can I know if I'm growing up, if I'm mature, if I'm a mature or maturing disciple of Jesus? Not just an admirer, not just someone who knows about Jesus, but someone who is maturing, growing in my discipleship to Jesus. That I'm following after Him. And I'm maturing. How can I do that? And I believe that John, in these seven little verses, gives us five ways to know that we are growing up as a disciple of Jesus. And I'm excited to share these with you today. They all begin with the letter A, so if you just want to write five A's, you can, and then we'll fill them in from there, okay? Just give you a head start. Five ways to know, right from these seven verses, how we can know we're growing, we're maturing, as a disciple of Jesus. Let's dive in. Number one, John says that, that one of the first ways we know we are growing, we are living and abiding in love, is the arrival of the Spirit. The arrival of the Holy Spirit. In verse 13 we read, this is how we know that we live in Him. We're going to talk more about that word live here in just a little bit. And He in us. Did you catch that? This is how you can know. Remember that word know is the word for not just know about, but it is experiential knowing. It is the the knowing that comes with experiencing. That you can know that you live in God and that God lives in you. And the first way that you know that you're living, that you're growing, that you're maturing as a follower of Jesus is that He has given us of His Spirit. You may think, well, I thought that was to come like much later, you know, like after, you know, I've, I've accepted Jesus and all that that, that, that maybe sometime down the road that the Holy Spirit would be a part. But John wants us to know that when we know we're living in is that the, there's the arrival of the Spirit, that the Holy Spirit starts the growth process. We believe this as, as Wesleyans, as Nazarenes. We believe that before we ever even had the first inkling of turning to God, God loved us and sent His Spirit to entice us, to, to bring us to a moment where we could be enabled to say yes to this good God who loves us so well. The Holy Spirit starts that growth and continues that maturing process in you and in me. Sometimes it's in dramatic ways like we're seeing at Asbury College down in Wilmore, Kentucky where, you know, there was just a regular chapel service that was going on a couple of Wednesdays and the service has not ended. We're in hundreds of hours of people worshiping and I just heard that you, that the city of Wilmore, which is just this little tiny place, you're having trouble even getting into the town now because of the way that people are coming and worship is breaking out. Sometimes the arrival of the Spirit is dramatic like that. And we pray that God would do more of that. And if God wants to do that here, we want to be open to that. But sometimes the arrival of the Spirit is gentle as a whisper that says, Come, follow me, 
let's grow in this. I want you to know, experientially know, that I love you. And I'm calling you to grow in this kind of love. John Wesley, it was just at a Bible study, and he felt his heart strangely warmed. (laughs) But he said, I knew that Christ died for my sins and took away my sins and forgave my sins and not only mine, but the sins of the whole world. The first sign of maturing, that I'm growing in my uh, understanding of being a disciple, a follower of Jesus, is the arrival of the Spirit. And we pray for that here at this church. Number two, we've got to move on. The second way that we know there's the arrival of the Spirit, but the arrival of the Spirit helps us to acknowledge that Jesus is God's Son. We see in verse 14 and 15, And we have seen and testify that the Father has sent His Son to be the Savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges, and that word that we have acknowledged is the same word that John uses in 1 John 1, nine. if we confess, if we confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them and they in God. Why is this so important? Why is it so important that when the Holy Spirit comes, the thing that the Holy Spirit does is help us to acknowledge that Jesus is the Son of God? Now, we just need to pause here, and I want you to understand a little bit about the ancient understanding of sonship. Okay, how many of you, and you online, if you're a male... How many of you are doing the exact same job as your dad? How many? Anybody? I'm the only one. Okay. All right. Okay. A few of you. Yeah. A few of you over here. Okay. Doing the exact same thing as your, as your dad. Okay. I don't want to leave the ladies out. Mom, uh, ladies, how many of you are doing exactly the same job as your mom? Anybody? Okay. A few of you. But not the majority of us. It's different in our culture. But in the ancient view of sonship, if you were born as a son to a father, whatever your father did was what you were going to do. If you were, if your dad was a carpenter, guess what you started learning as soon as you could hold a chisel and a mallet? You started learning how to be a carpenter. We see that with Jesus. I mean, sometimes he's referred to as the carpenter's son, right? Uh, there, there was this expectation that that's what you did. But not only did you do the same work that your father did, but it was expected that you would do the same quality of work. That you would do it in just the same manner. That you would carry on that family tradition. It's in the family business. This is what you were going to do. So no matter what that occupation was, if your dad did it, you did it. You did it just like him, and you excelled at it, and you continued on that family tradition. Sons were to do the work of their father just like their fathers did it and continue it. Acknowledging, therefore, that Jesus is is God's Son is to say that Jesus did the work of the Father just like the Father. Aren't you blessed? (laughs) What does this mean? In other words, the Father looks just like Jesus. If you want to understand what God the Father looks like, 
Look at Jesus. Because he is the son of God. And that means he continues in the family line. And he loves like the father. And he forgives like the father. He is merciful like the father. He challenges like the father. He operates and heals like the father. In fact, Jesus himself would say to one of his own disciples, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. It's important that we understand we need the Holy Spirit's help to arrive and mature us so that we can declare that the Father has always looked like Jesus. The Father has always saved like Jesus. The Father has never not looked like Jesus. We need to hear that. Because this God saves. And how does this God save? Just like Jesus through self sacrificial love, which the Greek word for that kind of love is what? Everybody with me? Agape. Good. You learned a Greek word. I'm excited. This God looks like Jesus, loves like Jesus, saves like Jesus, gives self-sacrificially to those outside of him. And we need to hear that because that shapes something in our growing. That grows something in you and me when we understand that that's what God looks like. Looks like Jesus. And we're following Jesus. So that should shape something in your heart and in my heart. Number three, we have to move on. Not only does the arrival of the Spirit then enable us to acknowledge that Jesus is God's Son, but it also gives us assurance of God's love for us. Let's look at the first part of verse 16 that reads, And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. Remember that word again, no, it's the same word in Greek. It's the word that means experientially no. And so we have experienced and we rely on the love God has for you, for us. How many of you have ever done repelling? Or if you're from the UK, you say abseiling. It's it's kind of fun, but I have to admit, the first time I did it, I was in college. And, you know, it looks okay until that person disappears over the side. And you can't see them anymore. You just see the little rope. But I decided to give it a try because the person who went in front of me was much bigger than me. And the rope held them, so I figured it would be okay for me. So I leaned out over, trusting that rope. And as I leaned over, I experienced that that rope could hold me. And so by the time I got down to the bottom of this 30 or 40 or however high it was cliff, I could push off and come down and push off and come down. I experienced that the rope was strong enough and therefore I could rely on it. And when the Holy Spirit comes and we begin to grow and are able to acknowledge that Jesus is the Son of God, that He looks just like the Father, then I can begin to be assured that His love will lead me all the way. That I can rely on it. I can trust that He has that same sacrificial love for me. I can experience it. I can trust it. I can rely on it. That's what faith is all about. 
Number four, we see that not only does the Holy Spirit arrive and allow us to acknowledge and then uh, be assured of that love, but then we learn to abide in agape. Now, that's a strange word, abide. I just used it because it was a, an A word. But it is in the Bible. In, in uh, chapter or in verse 16, the second part, it says, God is agape, self-sacrificial love. Whoever lives in agape lives in God and God in them. I want you to see this. The word that we translate lives is the Greek word menon. I know I put it there, menon. This is not a statement. I just wanted you to hear how it sounds, menon. You say it really quick, menon. Ready? One, two, three, menon. Let's say it one more time. One, two, three, menon. One more time, because we always do things in threes here. One, two, three, Menon. And it literally means abide, lives in, but it has this understanding of remaining. And I think that's important for us today, because today we buy houses, we abide in them temporarily, and then we move up. (laughs) And we buy again. But what John wants us to know is this isn't just we dip into love and dip out of love and we dip into love and we dip out of love. It is we abide. We remain. As we live in this love that God is, we experience more and more of God. This is how we know that we are growing and maturing into all that God is calling us to be in the world. Lastly, and maybe most The most difficult part is that our actions look just like Jesus here and now, right in this moment today. Let me read this to you. This is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment in this world. Everybody say, in this world. Not the future world, not the past world, in this world, present tense, here, now, we are what? Like Jesus. Folks, if you have never heard this, I want you to hear it today. John wants us to hear it today. Our faith is for here and now. Heaven is wonderful Someday it will be beautiful to be there. But our faith is not to give you a ticket so that you can go there where it is wonderful and beautiful. Our faith is a here and now, down in the mud, gritty, right here, today, where you are, where your friends are, where your enemies are. Our faith is a faith for here and now, today. John writes, in this world, we are like Jesus. Does that scare you? (laughs) We can know we are mature and maturing followers of Jesus when we live and love. And again, it's that agape, that self-sacrificial love, just like Jesus here and now today. And it's not just similar, because we have that like, you know, a... Ford Pinto is like a Mustang. You know, it has four tires and an engine. It moves occasionally. So we we have this idea of like as similar. 
But John uses a very particular word here that we translate as like, and it is the word kathos. Let's say that together. One, two, three. Kathos. One more time. One, two, three. Kathos. And one last time. One, two, three. Kathos. And kathos literally means according to the same manner of, in the same degree of, just as. So this isn't, well, I'm kind of like, it's we live in this agape, self-sacrificial love in the manner of Jesus, in the same degree of Jesus, just like Jesus, here, now, today, in this world, in your work, in your schools, wherever you're found. To be growing and maturing as a disciple of Jesus is to see your actions become just like Jesus. And what did this look like for Jesus? John goes on and he says Jesus wasn't afraid to sacrificially love. Verse 18 says there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. So the one who fears is not made perfect in love. Jesus loved all kinds of people and he did so without fear of punishment from God or from others in his social circles. And if you read any of the Gospels, you know that it was tough to love people outside your social religious circle in Jesus' day. But Jesus was not afraid of that. Jesus loved Jews and Samaritans who hated each other, detested one another, and didn't speak to one another. Certainly, they did not associate together. And yet, Jesus loved by going to both Jews and Samaritans. Jesus loved zealots who were killing Romans for oppressing them, and tax collectors who were taking taxes for the Romans and participating with them. And he called them as his disciples. Jesus loved clean people who were doing all the religious kosher things and Jesus went to lepers and healed them and allowed them to touch him without worrying about the repercussions. Jesus loved the Romans and those that they oppressed. Jesus loved sinners and ate and drank with them and he went to the quote unquote saints who thought they had everything figured out just like his father has always done and he calls you, he calls us to live and love in just the same way Today, in your here and now world. Right here, right now, today, folks. And our world is waiting and dying to see a church that lives and loves like that. And I believe that the Holy Spirit moving in people like you and me can do and become just that. And so did John. To a church, probably in Ephesus, thousands of years ago. And we start by applying this in the toughest place. Where do we start practicing loving just like Jesus? With our brothers and sisters. (laughs) Oh man, right here. The people you sit next to. The people, some of you who have been a part of this church for 40, 50 Do I dare say it? 60 years together. Maybe some of you more. And we don't do this because they are worthy. I mean, verse 19 tells us that. We love, we self-sacrificially agape love because He first 
self-sacrificially agape loved us. We agape because Jesus agaped us. And we've experienced that, and we're now becoming conduits of that into our world. But it starts right here. Right here, folks online. Those people that you're looking at in your living room or around, it starts right there. This is vitally, vitally important to us. And John won't let us off the hook. He even ups the ante. Remember, he loves that word, amplification. He just loves to amplify and make sure we really get it and get us to have an emotional response so that we can then turn. And God can use that to draw us into something, challenge us. Where he writes in verses 21 and 22, or 20 and 21, whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. That bring out some emotion for you? Maybe this will. Because we like to think, oh, that word hate, that's so strong. I don't hate anybody. You know, we think it has to be this intense emotion of disgust but again the word that john uses there specifically is the word misse let's just say it one time we'll just say it one time one two three misse and misse literally means to love or esteem less it doesn't have to be intense dire hatred and disgust of someone what john says is simply to love someone less To esteem them as less than. John sets a really high bar. To say if if we love less or esteem less someone else, we cannot love God. He's given us even a command. Anyone who loves God must also self-sacrificially love their brother and their sister. This isn't a suggestion, folks. This is a command from Jesus who shows us exactly what God's love is all about. And it's for right here, right now, in your life, in my life, whoever God brings into your life. And if you want to know, am I growing? Am I maturing as a disciple of Jesus? These are the things we have to look at. This is a tall order, but I've got good news for you because we can jump right back up into verse 13. And that means that we now know, know, deeply know that we need the arrival of the spirit. We need that spirit to move in us and come in us so that we can acknowledge that the one we are following shows us exactly what God is like through his self-sacrificial love that we can have assurance of and we can live in, abide in, remain in, and that our actions can be transformed to look just like Jesus' loving actions right here, right now, today, in this place, where you were where you go to school, in your home, in your neighborhoods. But we need the arrival of the Spirit, folks. And we need it today. We need it now. And so I want to ask us, as we move towards communion, a word that sounds like community, and sounds like union, a unified community, Can we be bold today? In just a moment, I'm going to have everyone stand and we're going to come forward and take communion. We're going to receive the body and blood of Christ. 
We're going to receive the model, the example, the symbol, the sacrament, which means it brings this love into your body. We're going to receive that today. We call it the body of Christ and the blood of Christ. You're going to hold that in your hands today. But Jesus taught if we have our gift ready for the altar and we know that someone holds something against us, we should leave that and go and make it right. I'm just wondering today, as you come forward and you receive the body, the blood, the agape sacrificial love of Jesus into your body, would you be bold enough to pray, God, May your spirit come into me and help me to acknowledge that you are the Son of God and help me to be assured of that love and help me to live and stay remaining in that love and then make my actions look like your actions right here with this person. Because as I've already said, some of you have gone to church here a long time. And something happened 10, 20, 5 years ago, 50 years ago. And now, if you were really honest, if the Holy Spirit were to come, you, you may not say today that you hate, but boy, you sure love less or esteem less. And maybe today you need to take the body and blood of Christ and receive the Spirit and move today right here in this sanctuary and not leave until you have made it right with a brother or a sister. That brother or sister may be your spouse. That brother or sister may be your kid. That brother or sister may be just that, a brother or sister in Christ. Maybe some of you are going to be so bold that, that you don't even want to take the blood, the blood of Jesus or the, the body of Christ. You want to set it on the altar and go make it right and then come. You can do that. Because folks... We are called to keep growing, and we need the Spirit to do that, who helps us acknowledge what God is like, helps us be assured of that self-sacrificial love in our life that we can rely on, so we don't have to be afraid to go to someone and say, I'm sorry, or help me. And we can begin to see our actions, our loving actions, look just like Jesus's right now, today. Will you be bold? Will you receive? Let's bow our heads for prayer. Lord Jesus, I'm so grateful for these seven verses that John wrote so long ago. And I pray that we hear them as good news. Because if the Father is just like you, which I believe with all my heart, then it's his greatest desire for the Spirit to arrive in each and every one of our lives and empower our actions to look just like your agape actions. Right here, right now, today. Now I look in the mirror every day and I know that face that stares back out at me. 
And I honestly wonder, is that possible? And that's when the assurance of your good love returns again. So Lord Jesus, help us to be bold in this moment. That as we receive your body and your blood, the reminder and the means by which we receive that love, help us to go to the one that may hold something against us and make it right. Or dare to go and let someone know, I've been holding this back, but I want to grow in your love. And so I'm asking you to forgive me. I'm, I, I want to let you know you are forgiven. Whatever we need to say, give us through the power of your Spirit the ability, the willingness stay and abide in your loving actions. For we pray and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I want you to know before we go to communion that this table is not Pastor Jeff's table. It's not Cross Community Church's table. It's not the Church of the Nazarene's table. This is the table of the Lord Jesus Christ. He told many parables about how he wants his table full. So I want you to know today that if you're not a part of Cross Community Church, you're still welcome at Jesus' table. And maybe you have never made a confession that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. But right now you're sensing something that you deeply believe that and want to know more about that. The only stipulation that is placed upon receiving bread and cup today is that you are hungry for the Jesus that we have talked about today. And if you are hungry, he wants you to be full. And so come. And don't hesitate and don't worry. You come and receive. I've asked some who will help me here, and I'll give you some further instruction. Uh, Pastor Ray is going to help. Pastor Kyle is going to help. Uh, Pastor Chris is going to help. Can we stand as we receive together? Go ahead and get your bread, or you can take that in the cup too if you want. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, took bread and he broke it. He said, this is my body broken for you. Take and eat. On that same night, he took the cup and he poured into it and he said, this is my blood shed for you, preserve you blameless unto eternal life. Take and drink. Jesus, again, we are so grateful for your self-sacrificial love that sends the the Spirit to us that we might know the God we serve, that we might be empowered to live and love as you live and love today. Teach us how to do that, and can we begin right now? If there is someone here we need to go and make something right with, give us power through the Spirit and the grace we have received in this sacrament. And we
we pray and we ask all of these things through Christ our Lord who lives and reigns with the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Would you receive this blessing? And now, my brothers and sisters, may you be assured of God's agape love for you. And may you go and live this agape love in your here and now, everyday world. May you have the strength of the Holy Spirit arriving to help you. And may you remain assured of that love every breath that you take. I pray these things in the name of the Father who is for us, in the name of the Son who is with us, and in the name of the Holy Spirit who is in us. One God forever and ever. Amen. God bless you. Go in His name. Go in His love. Thank you for joining us online. Have a great rest of your week. We pray you'll join us again next week. Have a great, great day. Thank you for tuning in to Cross Communities Podcast. We hope you will join us next week. Thank you.